this is the first interview that I have done at the new place. So I am also digging through drywall uh, and trying to figure out what previous homeowners did and what I want to do and all of that oh, yeah. craziness. If you're just joining had. us right now, this is HGTV more score yeah. edition. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Studio uh, edition. Pinar's, uh, Pinar Toprak joining us and we're excited to have um, you back on great. with us. Great, one of our favorites. And um, she was just telling us Thank that you. she's upgrading her studio, all new synths, and that's probably really exciting and <laughs> gives you more colors on your palette, I'm sure, for writing and it, different things. It does. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much fun. I can't, I mean, they're all hooked up, but then now we're doing this all this drywall cabling and I can't wait for all the dust to be done and just to be alone in this room. <laughs> It'll be great. That's awesome. Uh, so the last time that we, sorry, you know, hold on one second. Alexa, turn off. <laughs> my my <laughs> monitor speakers are on because I was editing something, and uh, I think there might have been feedback. All right, this is the, I'm. It's like this is this episode's under construction, just like your studio. <laughs> um, the last time we had you on, I wanted to ask you about this, um, and it's been on my mind since I saw your. Uh, live performance with Billie Eilish and Phineas at the Oscars, which was so, so awesome. Cool. Uh, no Time to Thank Die. You. you mentioned something to us when you were in college that you loved the idea of film music because you loved to write and you didn't want to be around people. And <laughs> here you are on the stage with the entire industry of film and, and the world watching maybe one of the biggest stages you could be on what was going through your mind and and what was your comfort level one to ten i'm i'm curious so it's it's funny i think um i don't know a lot of artists had this that i've that i've spoken with but all my anxiety and nerves they all happen during rehearsal like before the first rehearsal i'm a wreck that's the anxiety is it's high because i don't know what to expect i you know and I don't know where we're going to be, how we're going to do things. And after the first rehearsal, it kind of calms down. And the, all, the the performance itself, something happens. I don't know, like all the feel-good hormones kick in. And um, that's actually really, really fun for me. But I can only take it in small doses. I can't imagine a life filled with that every single day or most of the week. But I think in small doses, it's great because... I am in this room by myself most of the time, which is for the majority of time as I have a, I don't know, my world has gotten smaller as my life got bigger, if that makes sense. Like yeah. my personal life has gotten smaller. Um, I have a very small circle of friends that I talk to regularly and it's my kids and my boyfriend and it's just, it, that's our life. And besides that, it's a very, you know, small life that I like to keep that way. And uh, so when these things happen, it's like a little, you know, vitamin dose. You kind of get like, a, you know, soul IV injection of endorphins and excitement. And then I'm good again for a little while longer. But that that was a really fun experience, the Oscars. And I remember having that moment, like, I think, about the first rehearsals we had. I just turned back and I looked at the, the, you know, the, the stage, the audience, where audience audience would be and it was it was surreal, you know, seeing Billie Eilish there and Phoenix at the piano and the musician friends I have, and it's a it's a, it was pretty magical, I have to say. Can you walk us through the process of preparing for something like that? Uh, I'm sure you've spoken about this, but 
there's a million people involved, obviously, in something of that scale. And so I'm sure there's, you know, prep and rehearsals and, you know, all of the, the various parts that go into that. Can you just kind of walk us through from, you know, the point at which you know you're doing it uh, to, you know, what all that entails? It all happened really quickly. I got an Instagram message from um, Adam Blackstone, who is the, he was the music director of the Oscars this year. And um, it, I can't remember exactly how far. I mean, it was like, I want to say less than two weeks before the Oscars or something. It was really like maybe wow. not even three weeks. It was it was really close to the Oscars. And uh, then it's actually they, they're very or- well organized. It's uh, like, you know, immediately you get on this email chain with the call sheets and the wardrobe and, you know, uh, they sent me the tracks and like all of that stuff. It's just there was a well old machine. So um, I don't know. It's just it's, everybody's a, everybody involved is, is a pro. So everybody knew where we needed to be. It was, it was super well organized. It was great. That seems like a short amount of time, though. Uh, is that norm? Yeah. Were they were they looking for someone for a while, or were they, were you the first call? Like three weeks? What if you weren't able to do it? That seems like a short amount of time to to plan something like that. I think um, I'm. I mean, that's a good question. I never really asked that. <laughs> so, uh, I'm. 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 I would assume that there isn't a shortage of conductors in LA that would want to conduct Billie Eilish. So uh, even if it was a day before, I'm pretty sure you'd find something. Yeah. For sure. Somebody yeah. can show. What is the creative preparation like for that? Do you start out by writing something, putting something together, and then kind of have your template for what this is going to be? Or can you walk us through the kind of creative side? Well, they had already, they had the arrangement. Uh, okay. Billy and Adam, they had worked on the arrangement that they wanted. Um, so my job was fairly easy from that point. I just, I just looked at the chart and it was just kind of, um, before anything, before we actually rehearsed anything, we recorded the track at Capitol, which is, uh, you know, that's the, the first time that um, we read through the chart and recorded everything. And once the track was there, then on stage, we basically um, amplified the the track that was already recorded on stage. And Phineas just scored a film. I think it was his first film he scored, uh, Vengeance. Was he working on that at all? Or did you have any discussions with him about film composing? during this not really i didn't even know that at the time so no but they were they were lovely they were very nice awesome what a what a cool moment for you i remember you telling us your your tower record story buying a han zimmer album with the last bit of money you had and here you are now on a han zimmer <laughs> there it is still uh, here yeah you're standing on the oscars stage conducting for a, a song that hans and and Billie Eilish and Phineas worked on, and that must have been like a full circle. Yeah, my circle keeps going. It's like a never-ending circle. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tornado. Um, no, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, now, Go ahead, Matt. Well, you've had so many other things going on. I wanted to jump into uh, some Thursday Night Football stuff because that is has been going on all fall. We've um, heard your music, um, I don't know, how many weeks now? seven weeks, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Um, so, uh, but a theme for a primetime NFL game is something that's going to get a lot of, a lot of people are going to be hearing it. I was curious because we're now far enough into the season. And I guess I should back up and ask you about kind of, you know, building this, this in the first place, but, um, and composing this in the first place. But, um, but I'm also curious, some feedback that you're getting, because 
uh, we find it very catchy <laughs> and we're oh, okay. into that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, good, good, good. Oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, there's always, you know, the, anytime you're writing a theme for something that's been established for some time, some people are super excited and really supportive and they're just more forward thinking. And, um, and then some people are just very attached to what they were attached to and they have a harder time letting go of that. Uh, but I find that that group is actually a lot smaller than I initially anticipated. So overall, the feedback has been very positive. It's been really exciting. And the folks at Amazon, you know, the entire team that I work with, they've just been so great to work with. This has been, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's unique. You know, I'm, I'm from Istanbul. I didn't really grow up with American football. Football was soccer to us. So uh, it's uh, it's a very unique thing to be a part of. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. I'm learning more and more about football, which is great. Um, and I don't know, it's just anytime you get to be a part of something that, you know, every week people are going to hear that they're going to associate it with um, certain time of their life. And it's uh, I, I think it's a pretty special thing. So I'm it's interesting, glad. though, because with a TV theme or a, a film, you know, score, people are going to hear it and then they'll move on to something else. But with this theme, right. not only is it recurring every Thursday, but you're talking about the NFL, which on a primetime game is the most watched thing on television every week. Um, how do you approach creatively writing something that, you know, the audience is going to get hit with 50,000 times <laughs> in three hours uh, is it more of like a video game approach, do you think, where you need to write something that is catchy, but also, I, I don't know if you know what I mean. Sometimes video games yeah. have loopable tracks that won't drive you right. crazy and they almost draw you in. <laughs> what What was your approach to writing a theme like that? Well, it was really about first just capturing the the, the soul of it. Um, that was the most important thing. And by the way, we've tried different options. So this you know, this was the very first one that they heard that we ended up going with but uh we've gone through uh, so we i've demoed uh and i think there were several other composers that demoed for for this um and within my own demo i i've worked on several themes uh, because again you don't know sometimes they say you know we want something different and then you do something different but then you realize oh they didn't really want something different um <laughs> you know so yeah. i just wanted to like do like different things just to cover my base you know um and uh and this this theme itself just ultimately felt right so i'm very glad that that's the one that they went with um and within this theme we also did several versions um i don't think we've released all of them yet but we have like a we call it like late night band version. We did like a fun version. We did with the big band and there's like a whole lot of sax thing going on and everything. And, um, and then we have uh, like a more like rock version of it. We have more like a dance kind of, and we have different versions of it. So Sometimes they uh, have the, the injury version, if they're going to a break with the kind of dramatic scary. Oh one. yeah. I remember that. Right. From, was it Fox? Yeah. Fox has, has the really the very famous sad one. <laughs> the sad well, version so, of their theme. Yeah. I mean, that's important too, because even like the, the main suite of the theme, um, it kind of ebbs and flows and the way it was delivered with the stems and everything, they're able to kind of start in those. And by the way, I think we have God 70 something cut downs. So, so we have wow. the theme and the different versions and within those we have like I think 70 something cutdowns um of that so they can actually 
insert them however they have different durations different entrances and exits and um so there's a lot of thinking that goes into it but the video game analogy is actually great because it's sort of the same when i work on video games and i'm working on another one right now which you guys are not gonna find out till next year um it's it's awesome because you know like you said with films and tv shows they listen to it well tv shows sometimes if it's going on for a while you can have the same thing but with films unless they love the film or the soundtrack it's a kind of a one-time experience um and with with video games they live and breathe it every day uh so it really becomes a part of their life and like it's, it's engraved in like oh from 14 to 16 this is what i heard every day or whatever you know um so it becomes a really special thing and same thing with this theme um it's it has a lot of weight and i i i was very very um aware of it when i was working on that i wanted something that hopefully ticked the boxes for what they were looking for um and paid homage to the sound that we would expect to hear from uh something like that but also has some little special something <laughs> hopefully is there a um you know on a film or a television show you have a director or a showrunner or some some other people in the room to uh that are kind of guiding the story element of the project same with the video game there's someone kind of in charge that you're collaborating with making creative decisions with even if there is a committee that's all kind of chiming in who leads that for a, something like Thursday night football themes like what is your Jeff do Bezos, they give you a probably. list do they say here are the 70 things that we need you to be creating for this? Um, who do you bounce ideas off of when you say, hey, it'd be really cool if we could do this? Who's the person right. that says yes or no? <laughs> well, it's a team of people. And uh, as you know, when when we got closer to recording, there is one particular person that I dealt with the most. But then the execs, we all the meetings we had, um, you know, we were working with. With, with everybody, honestly, not just Amazon team, but it's also their, you know, live sports people and all the different execs. So a lot of our conversations and meetings were, um, were very, very full, which is really exciting. Um, and then when I first started, I think with the, th with the demo, they sent me, um, a list of things that they were looking for, which I actually found super helpful because they sent a bunch of tracks. They said, you know, because I, I don't like it when people just say, this is, here are some tracks that we like. I like knowing what it is about that track that, you know, because sometimes it's just a matter of that one instrument that they like. But you think that it's the, you know, the harmony or the this and that that they, they like, which is not the case. So it's, they actually sent me a list of these are the tracks and this is why we like them. We like that particular, like 28 seconds in, there's that moment. We like that moment. And then so it's, it was kind oh, okay. of uh, very helpful ultimately we ended up doing something else but i mean we hopefully captured some of it especially when you're starting from scratch it's really nice to have that sort of roadmap so you have some idea of um the playground you're playing you in. know if you have a film you have you know a script you have early cuts of the film you have the kind of expectation that this is a three act story or something like right. that so you can kind of have a sense of where the music is going to take us at the start and then in the middle and then at the end. But here I wouldn't even know where to start because it's kind of like, is this a checklist of things or it like, is there a narrative 
to this that you you were able to find in kind of uncovering that roadmap? Of course. I think anything that I personally write, I like to figure out what that journey is, uh, because I think that's what makes music special, right? It's, it's this experience that, that we hear through time. And that time thing is what makes it special, right? It's, uh, um, it's not a static thing. And for this, of course, there's the ebbs and flows. And I wanted it to take through. Because when I think of, I was thinking about athletes. I was thinking about the actual football players that are actually going to hear this before they play. And even, not even just from the audience point of view, because I wanted the players to get pumped up uh, before they, you know, they would go on. And that to me was, was really helpful because more and more I learned about the football. I just, I didn't understand it before. And because I didn't understand, I didn't have the same level of respect that I do now. And knowing the choreography and I mean, they're incredible. The, the, the things that they memorize and the things, I mean, it's just mind boggling to me. I really had no idea what goes in. Um, so I just, I wrote with that level of respect and also going, thinking about the emotional strength and the heart that actually goes into play. It's not just, yeah, hey, we're a strong man playing. <laughs> it's not that. There's so much heart that goes into Being it. There's so much guy, yeah. thinking. Yeah, it's 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 a beyond physicality. It's really, I think, driven by by mind. Um, and uh, so that's what I was trying to to go. And uh, hopefully that that journey with the with that track um, has that power, but also kind of has the, you know, their mindset alongside it, if that makes sense. Speaking of journeys, we can transition to The Lost City, which goes on quite a journey. Um, I was listening through the score ahead of this interview, and it, it's a really fun listen by itself. There's so many different Thank instruments you. and styles incorporated in this. I even I was listening to one of the cues, You're Safe Now. Is there is there a, like a heavy breathing sample in the in the beat, or am I making that up? It was like a... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've done that in a couple of the cues. Um, I mean, that score is probably one of the funnest experiences I've had because the directors, Adam and Aaron Nee, we hit it off. This is another example of, you know, I've, I've, I've demoed for this film and we had our first meeting and um, they were telling me all the things that they love in film music. And they're huge film music fans. They're super knowledgeable, not just film music, by the way, but also classical repertoire as well. And we just we had this very deep conversation about music and um and they were so open to these like big thematic traditional like indiana jonesy kind of you know approach and i mean they they had me <laughs> like in an initial meeting and as soon as we hung up that first zoom i had to write a demo and literally i think within an hour i had that that first theme that da, 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 that that main thing that um, happens a few times, and uh, once that theme was, and I sent it over, and I wanted that particular. I actually wrote five suites for this film because it actually has a lot of different vibes. You have the the comedy, you have you have quite a bit of drama in it as well. People don't expect that, but there's a lot of there's grief and there's that rebirth moment, which that's where the the voice stuff comes in and um there's um i just want to make sure that they realize that i could do all of that because you know something that happens in this in this field quite a bit is that 
people love to put you in a little box and like, okay, you're, you're there now. And you just keep composing that forever. Um, but a lot of us actually are capable, not only capable, but we want to do different things. And, um, and so this film actually really gave me the chance to, to do the big orchestral moments and to do some sound designy fun things and use some other flavors of instruments and there's electronic, uh, stuff in there. And there's also, um, the final countdown moment and you know that, that was really really fun to be able to incorporate it was, it was we had a lot of fun it was great when you're demoing do you are you able to incorporate all these different instruments or are you just demoing themes on a piano what, what's that process like especially oh, it's for full something blown, as... yeah go ahead it's full-blown suites fully mocked out full-blown because I, that's part of it it's not just the theme um I want the theme to be able to, I always do like a piano reduction of the theme um, that I would like for them to hear because ultimately a good theme should be able to sound good just on its own without all the frills, you know, and that you can really adapt to different things. And it doesn't apply to all the films, by the way. Some films just really don't need that kind of a very thematic approach and, and that's fine. But for this film, we did. And um and it was, it was, yeah, it was completely mocked up in every way and all the unique sounds and everything. Just, it was all part of the soundscape that I wanted them to hear. That reduction that you're talking about, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that's the part that we don't see probably when we, uh, when we hear a great, you know, melody of some kind is that the work behind the scenes has been to really refine that so that that can work as a you know, the, in its simplest form, but then can be built around what that kind of core structure is. Do you find that writing a melody like that is difficult from starting at kind of the piano side of things? Um, or first off, is that how you write a melody? Typically, is it trial and error there? Or are you, are you building some, what's your process there? Um, either piano or I or piano and singing for me um, again for if I'm writing something very thematic uh, I need to be able to sing it because it's not just me being able to sing it if it means if I can sing it I'm not the best singer on the planet um, it's about the memorability it's about you know being able to connect to it um, so that's really important for me something that is actually some of the themes that the kind of music that made me fall in love with film music and music in general, um, I can sing the tune, <laughs> you know, even if I can't sing it well, I'll be able to sing it, you know? And I think that that is really, really, really important and hopefully creating something that can, um, that can last in people's minds and hearts for a bit. So piano usually. Um, and I do start with, with that. I, I think once you find that tune, the the rest of the work is is almost mechanical, you know. Um, I've done quite a films at this point, and um, I think I you know I know how to write an action cue. I know how to you know as as there's a there's a certain um, formula to it, and um, even when there's no formula to it, finding you know the non formula formulas there's still a formula to that <laughs> somewhere. Right. Um, so, but. None of it will make sense if emotionally we don't connect to it in some way. And we need those little markers. I think we need those little emotional connection moments. Oh, you're still with me. Oh, this is, you know, we're following the story along and I'm, I'm taking you on this and we're evolving together or in some way or maybe dissolving together, whatever. But um, I think 
that tune that and it can be something simple by the way it doesn't have to be a full-blown you know a theme b B theme kind of thing but Mm -hmm. um we need to connect some way and that i i that's actually my favorite part of the process i love writing themes so much one other thought on the construction of of a theme then do you ever find yourself getting into the kind of orchestration of some theme that you love and realizing that you're losing the theme somewhere in there, that there's other things going on or they are, they're taking away from what you intend it to be. How do you dial that back? How do you kind of self, what would be the word self edit self, you know, uh, bring, bring that whole back so that, that, that theme can really, um, shine. That's a very good question. Um, I think over time I've learned to do less. Um, I think when we first start our career, we have so much to say and we want to show everybody all the things that we can do that we've learned or we're capable of and we're excited to show everything. And um, I think a lot of people overwrite um, as they're starting their career. And then as things sort of stabilizes, hopefully, and as we feel more secure, within ourselves just even as a human forget about a composer but like we we can say the same thing hopefully with less words just the right words um and it's, it's the same thing with with notes and of course some things some scores you know i'm working on one particular score right now it's it's very the big orchestral score and that's i mean it's hybrid as well but the orchestral parts are very flourished let's say and that sometimes that's what's needed but still making sure What's what's the top line, <laughs> you know, because if you're not hearing that, if all, you know, if everything else is getting in the way and that's where orchestration comes in play, it's just knowing and also knowing the, the the main melody is the film, you know, so you're doing this not to like jazz hands the score. Hey, look at me what I can do. It's really if you're not supporting the film, uh, you're not doing your job right. Ultimately, the goal is to help the story in some way. But Yes, obviously, orchestration, mixing, and the right choices to start with, because if things were not conceived the right way from the start, no amount of mixing is going to help that. So. Uh, we know you have, I think it was two years ago now, was McMillions. I can't believe how fast time is going by. Um, but I saw that you're working with the same group on the jet. Is that something you can... Talk to us about it's uh, another documentary about a '90s big brand contest gone wrong. I guess. <laughs> yes, um, I don't know how much I can say, but I mean, what I can talk about is the uh, what it's about, um, which is in the, in the '90s. Pepsi had this. Um, maybe I shouldn't say. I don't want to say because I didn't know about it at first, and then the finding about it, the, like watching through it, actually made it really fun. Pepsi had this, um, what do they call it? Like uh, you would collect points and then you would redeem them through things. And then one of them was the, the was a joke one. If you collect this amount of points, you can get a Harrier jet. And um, someone actually called them out on it. And this is the story of what happened with that. <laughs> it's, 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 an, it's a true, insane story that happened, which I had no idea. And it's, I mean, this, this group, uh, and I work with the, the, the same James and Brian on, on Macmillions, and they are so fun to work with. And um, 
it's it's really really great i i can't say much more than that but it's i can't wait for everyone to it see it came through in mcmillions too like it was just it was more energetic than you typically see in a lot of these documentary you know docu series yeah. um but it was like infectiously fun you know all all throughout That's, that yeah. i mean the music lends itself to that too obviously that's a big part of it but um Thank but you. the construction is is really fun so it must be yeah. fun just getting some of the early cuts oh absolutely and then just i mean for me even finding out wow that is that that really happened that's crazy <laughs> that I, that actually happened um so that's really really fun i yeah i think you guys are going to enjoy that if you enjoyed mac millions yeah matt and i were talking and matt was a winner in that contest it was drink pepsi get stuff i think is what the thing was called so one but, of those. I don't know if it was the same program. That was what I I got my first video game system that way. It just arrived oh. at my door. I didn't even get this was be, before really. I guess email was very uh, far along in things. So um, yeah, oh, just arrived, cool. and I said, "This is weird." And my parents said, "Oh, you should send that back." And I said, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. It was great. Um, anything else coming up that you can talk about? Uh, I see Slumberland, Shotgun mm-hmm. Wedding. Yes, so Slumberland is coming out. That is probably one of my most personal scores. Uh, it's, a, it's a score that I'm, I'm very proud of. And uh, directed by Francis Lawrence, who did The Hunger Games and uh, Red Sparrow. And he's, he's, he's an incredible director. I was so honored uh, to work with him on that one. And, you know, my heart and soul and we had a great team uh the best resources possible we recorded at air for two weeks which was a dream i mean you know i was thinking about like my i don't know my 20 year old self that would have wanted to just just having air to myself for two weeks with the best musicians and this big orchestra and the choir everything was just when i think about it i'm still uh i get emotional it's really really lovely and the film is really fun. It stars Jason Momoa. And um, I think uh, it's, it's an adventure, fantasy adventure film. And uh, I'm excited about that. And then Shotgun Wedding. I forget the date exactly. January something. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Josh Dommel, Lenny Kravitz, um, Jennifer Coolidge. Just fantastic cast. It's a romantic action and a film. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny, fun, and really, really, really cool. So. And then other things that I can't talk about yet. But those are the two that are upcoming <laughs> you, in the next few months. You said Slumberland was the most personal for you. Is it just because of the air thing and, and what you're talking about there? Or is there something about what you got to write or what you got to use? What, what makes you say that? A lot of things. Um, the, the music itself, I'm I'm very proud of. I think it's... Uh, uh, I know, just, just every note, every every, every frame of that film... Uh, we worked on it for quite some time. Well, we worked on it for quite some time, but a lot of the, interestingly, um, like I wrote the score, and then, um, then, then there's a lot of visual effects that came in. So I was still very much involved, but the the score was basically what I wrote with like very minor changes. It's just it's one of those scores that really clicked. I wrote the theme mm. um, on the piano and sang it. I have that theme uh on my phone and i actually played it to francis um at while we were at air just the very first version of it and my music editor has it because i sent it to him uh his name is shy rosova and i was like do you think this will work because it, it had to be a theme that can do a lot of different things and um and 
<laughs> and he's like, he's going to use it as a blackmail because it has me singing and playing on it. <laughs> so he has it and it's funny. But um, so the personal thing, so besides the fact that I'm really proud of the score, truly proud of the score, um, my there's a story which I can't really, let's just say that uh, she loses her, her, her dad and then there's an adventure of like the things that, that we do, um, that, that she would do to see her dad again. Um, and I lost my dad when I was 28. Um, and I, I had a very close relationship with my dad. He's the reason why I was able to, to follow my dreams and do this. He was the one person that believed in me, uh, from the start. And, uh, the things that I would do to spend just one afternoon with my dad again. Um, so that was, that was very, very personal for me. There's also a sailing uh, theme that happens quite a bit in the film and and I like the sale very much so there are a lot of things that without giving away the film too much uh, it just really went straight to my heart and working with Francis he's just an incredible filmmaker and we got along so well that everything about that film was magic to me looking forward to it well, Pinar, we always appreciate you taking the time to join us, Thank and it's you. great always to chat with you, and we love seeing all your work on all these different types of projects. So many, Thank you so much, much range. Uh, Thank big you. Fans. Yeah, you're Thank busy. You, so much. <laughs> you're, you must be really, <laughs> really... You better get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Get back to building out that studio, right? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> He's actually waiting so for me to finish this so he can, like, stand <laughs> oh, the drywall. No. <laughs> Next stage. <laughs> the... Right. the the drywall paste is drying. We got to go. Uh, exactly. Thank you so much right. for thank coming so on. Much. We'll check back in with you uh, soon, hopefully, and see what else I you got so going too. on. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, you guys. Bye.